And welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sonny on the mic. Happy Parley Thursday to all. In a very, very, very snowy NYC. As always, I'm joined by my main man, my co-host, William Petrucci, a.k.a. Rosie, who's east of me. Will, how you making out through the first snowstorm of 2020, pal? Oh, man. Sean, crazy time in New York, obviously. Uh, I wound up taking the day off from work, uh, having to see what's going on. I work outdoors, so I just said, you know what, screw it, stay home. Wound up picking up a shovel and just shoveling outside the house over here a little bit and trying to help out the folks and trying to make the best out of a, you know, got to put down a t-shirt, the best out of a bad situation. But, you know, Sean, we have a very special guest with us, joining us all the way from the West Coast, and I'm sure it's sunny over there in Los Angeles. Of course, we're talking with the one and only Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Trevor, thank you for sacrificing some time with us to talk about the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers and their quest to go back. Trevor, the main thing is right now, how are you making out? I'm hanging in there. You know what, though? I think it's kind of funny. You guys are dealing with all this cold, and I'm the one in a sweatshirt here, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't handle cold quite as well as you guys do, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, it's so far everything's going really well. Can't wait for the season to start. It's a quick turnaround, but you know what? Here we are. Here we go again. The season's starting up, so, uh, so I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. That will. So, Tuesday – the Lakers, they're going to be going up. <clears throat> they're going to be going out there and making do of their, their season coming up right now. Obviously, there's a lot going on with LeBron and AD not playing these uh, preseason games. It's limited time. But with that said, their offseason has been some very good offseason, very underrated. And you look at what Rob Polinka has done. Uh, signing guys like Montrezl Harrell, trading for Dennis Schroeder, the German product, and to get some key guys back in return, like Jared Dudley last year, although he's a bench warmer at this point, he's still a guy that could go out there and be almost like that coach in a way, that could go out there and do it. They re-signed Anthony Davis to a huge deal. They wound up getting LeBron two extra years added on to his contract. That's basically max money at this point. Trevor, summarize the Los Angeles Lakers offseason for us. I mean, the the Lakers offseason was incredible. I think you can make an argument they had the best offseason in the NBA, which is ridiculous for the defending champions. Uh, but you look at what they did. They they came into the offseason with, with really two goals. They wanted to get younger, and they wanted to improve if that opportunity was there. Uh, Rob Palenka mentioned a few times that he was going to be aggressive, that he wasn't going to simply run it back. He didn't want to do that. He think, thought that was the downfall of some previous champions. And so he wanted to make sure that if there were opportunities out there to improve, that he did that. And, uh, and the fact that he not only got younger by getting Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, who are 26 and 27 years old, but he also was able to add talent. I think on paper, this team, and again, I stress on paper, looks more talented than last year's group did. So th that, those two things, to accomplish both of those goals is, is pretty impressive. I mean, getting younger is one thing, getting better is another, but to accomplish both is, uh, is pretty amazing. So credit to Rob Palenka for the job that, that he's done so far. And I think he set up the Lakers for, for success this season. However, the last time that we uh, spoke, the NBA didn't 
uh, start back yet. And we were, and we had all the questions is AD coming back. But before that, how is the team going to do going from the West coast to uh, Florida and playing inside of, you know, the Hubble and everything? Well, they did pretty, pretty well. They won the whole thing. Take us back to that run that they had be in uh, Portland, Houston, uh, Denver, and then taking out the heat. Just talk about that run and just the job uh, that they did to bring home the uh, championship belt. Well, it, I mean, it was pretty remarkable, the run that they went on in order to get to that championship. And I think what really stood out to me out of that, out of that whole championship experience, the playoffs that they, that they went through, was their flexibility on, in terms of their rotations. You know, you didn't see Frank Vogel stick with any particular lineup. You saw in the Houston series, Dwight Howard and JaVale, JaVale McGee basically didn't play. You saw that kind of pop up again in the finals against the Miami Heat. And then in, in the middle, in between, in the Western Conference finals, they needed Dwight Howard a lot on Nikola Jokic. There's not a lot of teams out there that have that kind of versatility where they can play multiple styles. They can go small. And yet, and I say small and in air quotes, because they still have Anthony Davis out there, which gives them a size advantage, but they can, they can increase their speed out there on the floor to deal with a Houston Rockets team and then beef up their front line to go up against a Denver Nuggets squad and then switch back again against the Miami Heat. And then you look at game six, the pivotal game six against the Heat. They started Alex Caruso, a guy that was in the G League the season before. <laughs> He's now a starter and that wasn't a lineup they had really played much with during the regular season. And so that's, that's a credit one to the players for their ability to adapt on the fly and, and go with whatever, whatever they thought was advantageous in terms of matchups, but then also on the coaching staff for being willing to make those leaps. Those were not safe decisions that they made, but they made the decisions they thought were going to help the team win. Because look, let's face it, had they lost game six, everybody would have criticized the coaching staff for making such a drastic change. Had they lost benching Dwight Howard against the Rockets like that, they, these are decisions that can come back to haunt you, but the coaching staff believed in what they were doing and they went ahead and did it. They didn't stick with uh, their same old, same old plan, which is what most teams would do. So that's, that really stood out to me, how well they, they were able to adapt to each opponent. Trevor, take us through the final seconds of game six when the Lakers won the championship in Give us the state of how L.A. handled the championship and how they celebrated because the Dodgers wound up winning the World Series a couple months later, and that was huge within itself. But take us through that time in Los Angeles when the Lakers won, won it all with the fans going nuts. Well, it was, it was a couple of weeks later when the Dodgers won. So you had two, two champions in the same month, both in the, in the month of October, which will probably never happen again. But, you know, it was obviously there's excitement and people were fired up about it as they should be. But everything going on with COVID, you know, I, did that dampen it at all? Maybe a little bit. There's certainly disappointment that they weren't able to have a parade, although we're hearing they're still going to do something at some point. Who knows when um, that's all going to go down. But, you know, it, just people were – it was more than just, hey, the team won a championship. There was a sense of accomplishment because of that overarching theme of let's do this for Kobe. Um, and so that was a very present thing that the, the fan base experienced, that, that they accomplished something, the team accomplished something, and they did it specifically not just to win a championship but also to honor Kobe Bryant. And so there was, there was that extra little bit of satisfaction to it for sure. Ever, last we 
uh, spoke, it was the question, is AD going to stay? If he stays, is it for just one year, for two years? If he leaves, is, does he go home to the Bulls, to the Knicks, in some place? He's staying. He's staying for a long time. What do you think of him not only staying but showing the commitment to the team long-term, even when LeBron is gone, that he still wants to be there? It was surprising. It was definitely surprising. You know, when uh, when I saw the the word go out that, hey, AD is signing, I said, okay, AD signs, and then the five years part. That really caught me off guard. I didn't think he was going to do a five-year deal. I thought, if anything, it was going to be a one-plus-one two-year contract or it was going to be a three-year contract that would allow him to – uh, to go and, and grab another max contract once he had hit his, his 10 years of service. So he would jump up to a new level of max. I thought that's what we were going to see. Instead, he took the long-term, long-term security of a five-year deal. And what this means is that he is committing what is most likely for most athletes. Anyway, the prime years of his career, he's 27 right now. So the next five years will be his prime uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers and to the vision that they have. And that is a, a testament to what they've done over these past couple of seasons to the work they've put in, and uh, just how badly he wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker. So uh, it's, a, it's a big statement. It's a big statement. It's a lot of money, obviously. And, of course, injury risk played a role. AD did admit that, hey, he's had some injuries in the past, and who knows what the future holds. But, uh, but still, committing his basketball prime to the Lakers, that's a big win for the franchise. Trevor, when you look at the upcoming season coming up right now, the Lakers have four games at home. They're going up against the Clippers to start off the season. Then they have the Mavericks on Christmas Day. Then they have the Trailblazers coming in. I believe they have the Spurs, if I'm not mistaken, at that point in time. Uh, just talk to us about the beginning of the season with this roster and with Frank Vogel as their head coach. Because, you know, with everything going on, you know, we've heard a lot about the NBA and how players like to take back-to-back nights off. But in this instance, having the uh, the, the end of the season happened literally like a month and a half ago, nearly two months ago. There's really not much time uh, for these guys to go out there. And they've been adamant about it, but they wanted to go out there and get this season upright. And we get it, it's a business. But talk to us about the first couple of games, the first two, almost two months of the season with this team. Yeah, I mean, I think there is going to be a little bit of that fatigue factor for certain players. From what we've heard, the younger players on the team, they're good. They're fine. They're, they're cruising right through it, no problems. Uh, Alex Caruso, in fact, specifically talked about how he, his body felt fine. He had no problems. But um, when you're in your mid-20s, that's, that's life. That's the life you live. When you're in your mid-30s, a little bit different. And so LeBron James, uh, we know he was not a fan of the season starting up December 22nd. He wanted it to be pushed back to mid-January. And, uh, and so you're going to see, I don't know if, if we want to say load management. We'll see. Uh, I would imagine that that may come up because not only is it the quick turnaround, but you also have a more packed schedule. You've got more games in shorter periods of time because the NBA season is now condensed. And so that's going to be a factor too. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers manage that. I will say that they went out and they got what I think right now is a much deeper roster. So if they do decide that, hey, maybe LeBron only plays 20 minutes on a given night, and they're going to rest him a little bit, some in-game load management, you've got the pieces that can come in now and sort of carry that, that burden for him. Not that you're going to replace him on the court or anything like that, but just that you can get by now 
Whereas last season, I don't think they could have done that. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Frank Vogel plays it. It's going to be very much kind of an on-the-fly type of thing. It's going to depend on how everybody's feeling each day, and uh, it'll be very fluid. But, you know, I would be surprised if LeBron was playing 35 minutes a night every night this season because the end goal, again, is to defend that championship, and that means being healthy come playoff time. Trevor, everybody's going to talk about AD and LeBron and Montrez and Schroeder and everybody, a player that I think it's a make or break season for, and, and I think I and I think you and Will know where I'm going uh, with this. Kyle Kuzma, I can't seem to figure out this guy because the guy is so talented, but he doesn't bring it every single night. What's your take on him coming into what I think is a make or break year f- for him? Yeah, that, that's just it. That is what, that's what's been driving Lakers fans crazy about Kyle Kuzma has been the inconsistency. He'll drop 34 points on one night and everybody's going nuts over how good he is. And then the next night he'll come out and score four. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I wish I was exaggerating. That's, that's what happens. Um, so the Kyle Kuzma experience has been a little bit of a roller coaster. But in his defense, and he talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday after the game against the Suns, um, in his defense, his role has changed every single season. Every season he's been a Laker, three seasons so far, what the team has been asking him to do has changed. And that's taken an adjustment. You know, you look at, you know, he had LeBron come in and he had to adjust to learn how to play with LeBron James. Then suddenly he's playing behind Anthony Davis. He goes from being a starter, getting all the shots he wants. Now he's playing behind AD. Now this season, he still doesn't know exactly what his role is. That's what he said um, after the Suns game. But it does appear the Lakers are going to ask him to be a bit more of a three than a four and they're going to use him as a wing defender. So um, I I kind of feel for him in that regard, because it's not like say Dwight Howard doesn't matter what team Dwight Howard goes to. His job is the same. Okay. Coverages can be a little bit different and everything, but essentially what he does is going to be the same. Kyle Kuzma, even on just one team, his job has been shifted every single season to do something else. And that's on one hand, a tribute to his versatility, but it's also where his versatility has been a curse, where it hasn't allowed him to really settle in. I do think it's a big season for him, um, unless he comes up with a contract extension with the Lakers before December 22nd, so the clock's ticking, he will be a restricted free agent next offseason. So this is a big year for him to go out there and really show what he can do. I still, like you, I still think he's very, very talented. I think he's a guy uh, who, whose skill set fits a lot of teams in the NBA right now. And so I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping that, that he puts it all together. But, uh, but we'll have to see because, like I said, every time, every time that roller coaster starts climbing up, next thing you know, a big drop comes along right after. Talk to us about the surprising Taylor Horton Tucker, how every one of his teammates have been gushing over this guy. Uh, you have basically courtside access, not just about, and watching him play. Uh, talk to us about Taylor Horton Tucker and how much he's been so far to the Lakers this preseason. THT, Taylor Horton Tucker. So back when he was in the G League last season, he was the guy where I would watch the games and I would tell everybody, watch him because every game he's going to do something that makes your jaw drop. And he's going to make five, six, seven mistakes in between, right? His game needs refinement, but he was, bar- he was 19 years old right? He just turned 20 a couple weeks ago. So his skill set is so, so intriguing. 
He's 6'4 with a 7'1 wingspan. He can handle the basketball like a guard. He can shoot a bit from outside. He's a, a pretty instinctual passer, and he's got these crazy finishes around the rim. He uses those super long arms and a bunch of different scoops that he can use to get the ball up and over defenders. So he's a, a really interesting guy in terms of just watching him play basketball. He's also a lot thicker than most players that are, that are his size. And so you just you put it all together – and it's this weird mix of just crazy long arms and this kind of bowling ball body. And, and, and then he's got these scoops and everything and this weird skill set. But you, when it all gets put together, he's a really impressive player. And the, I wouldn't have guessed he'd be this good, though. I didn't think he was going to be this good this fast. I said, this is a guy with some real skill. This is a guy to keep an eye on. Don't put too high of expectations on him. But he's got some real talent. Well, apparently the Lakers found out in the bubble just how good he really is. And we started to hear some whispers here and there um, from a few different people. Jared Dudley was one of them who mentioned, told me like five weeks ago, said, uh, said, Taylor Horton Tucker, watch him, watch him. He's getting 15 to 20 minutes a night. I didn't take him seriously. I thought he was kidding. I thought that it was more just hyperbole. He's trying to talk up a young player, that type of thing. What we've come to find out was that Taylor Horton Tucker was dominating the way he is right now in Lakers practices in the bubble. He was so young, they weren't going to throw him out there into the NBA playoffs, into that kind of pressure cooker, but they found out real quick what they had. They knew what he could do. And so what's happening now is they've just kind of unleashed him, and now the rest of the NBA is finding out what the Lakers had there. So it's exciting to watch. Um, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's still going to make a lot of mistakes because, like I said, he just barely turned 20. So his game needs some refinement still. But the growth rate that he's had comparing last season in the G League to what he's pulling off right now, to the way he's playing, the level he's playing at on both ends of the floor, offense and defense, has been tremendous. And so it's been, it's been quite a story to see a kid this young really explode, and particularly on a championship uh, defending team. So, uh, man, the, the arrow is pointing straight up for that kid. Well said, uh, Trevor. I think the Lakers are coming out of the West. If they don't, if they don't, what are two, who are two or three teams that you think can contend with them to stop them from representing the uh, Western uh, Conference Bowl? Well, I mean, I think you definitely have to look at, at the Clippers. That's a team that can certainly contend with, uh, with anybody. They've got a great squad there. I think they might have lost a little bit of depth losing Jermichael Green to the Denver Nuggets, but that's still a very, very good team. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and they're going to have a lot to prove. They're going to come out there with a chip on their shoulder. So that's certainly a squad to, to, uh, to reckon with. And then you've got the Denver Nuggets. You know, I know they lost Jeremy Grant, but you look at what they've got still in Michael Porter Jr. If he can take his game to the next level, that could make up for it. And then in addition, they added, added Jermichael Green. So that's a piece for them that can help them out quite a bit as well. So the Denver Nuggets are certainly a squad to keep an eye on. But I think the one team that we're all kind of sleeping on right now is the Utah Jazz. You know, we're forgetting that the Jazz had a big lead. They were a 3-1 series lead over the Nuggets. And obviously they gave up that lead. But don't forget, they were without Bojan Bogdanovic, who was their, I believe, their second leading scorer last season for the entirety of the playoffs. He was gone. And now he's going to be back. So I think this is a squad that could really put things together. And they're a team that I'm going to keep a real close eye on because I think that because they didn't do that well, they didn't advance as far as they could have in the bubble, they're getting slept on a little bit, but they are, they're better than what we saw there. Trevor, my final question is this, and this is like a whole league question. 
the NBA, they stopped the, with the marijuana drug testing coming into it. Now, my thing is, forget the marijuana here for a second. It's the PEDs. And we've seen a couple of players coming out there and, and basically, you know, getting suspended last season for using PEDs and trying to, trying to get their body conditioned and trying to get used to the NBA and everything like that. I get that. I understand that things happen. But with that said, with this condensed season, would you be surprised if you would see a, a tick up in, you know, players getting caught in, in that regard? Um, I mean, if it's a, a player who feels like that is what's going to give them the edge in order to stay out there on the floor and that's what's going to allow them to kind of hit the next level, then I, I guess I could see it. Fortunately, it, it hasn't been something where we where it happened, in, you know, like in baseball or anything, because for the most part in the NBA, having the kind of mass that, that you could get from something like like steroids, um, it's it isn't necessarily a benefit. Um, so we, I don't think it's been quite as prevalent in the NBA as we've seen in, in other sports, but, um, just in terms of getting through the season, maybe it could happen. I'm going to, I'm going to try to stay optimistic and hope that it, that it doesn't until it, until it does. Right. But, um, you know what, it's something that again, hasn't been, it hasn't been the, a plague on, uh, on NBA play on basketball, like we saw in baseball, like we've heard about with, with football, with MMA, mm -hmm. certainly you just haven't dealt with it quite as much just because of the nature of the sport. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hope that, hope that it remains that way. Trevor, my final question for you, Pat, is please catch me, Will, and everyone up on what is going on with everything that you do, Lakers uh, Nation and the Lakers Nation podcast. Please tell everyone what you, what you have been doing and what's to come for this year, Pat. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so, so for Lakers nation, I'm, I'm hosting all of the YouTube content right there uh, right now. So if you go over to the Lakers nation, YouTube channel, every single day, I'm putting out new videos on the Lakers, breaking down what they're doing, the latest news, injury reports, all that kind of stuff. And so you can find that over there on the Lakers nation, YouTube channel. Then we also do the Lakers nation live post game show after every single game. Now that the season's starting back up again, uh, we go live, we go live across uh, YouTube, Periscope and, uh, and Facebook. And uh, everybody can come join in and chat with us as we talk about the game. We break down everything that, that happened, and it's a lot of fun. So we do that uh, right after every game. As soon as the game ends, boom, we go live. You can come join us and talk about, talk about everything that we saw in the game. So we've got that as well. And then, of course, uh, my written work is over at LakersNation.com. So a lot going on. And then even, you know, you can find the podcast as well on, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, um, that's the Lakers Nation podcast. It's on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. I mean, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find the Lakers Nation podcast. Trevor, thank you for sacrificing some time with us and talking about the LA Lakers and how they won the championship last year and even what they're going to probably do this season, man. And most importantly to you and to your family with everything going on within this whole COVID-19 situation and such. We really thank you for coming on and sacrificing some time with us. Thank A second you, time, Will. Trevor, man. Thank you, Will. Appreciate hey, no, it. No problem. Anytime, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me. And, and, of course, same to you guys. Stay safe. Things are crazy out there. And Absolutely. you heard it here first. I think Lakers-Nets uh, finals, bro. All right. Not because, be not because they're my team, but because they're my team. <laughs> Trevor, man, that would be something. I appreciate you, pal. Hey, thanks a lot.
Well, that was the one and only Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation joining us all the way from the West Coast where it's, well, it's nice and warm and sunny and we got to bundle up with snow and all this type of stuff. But a great guy on the show for the, the second time. Well, awesome, awesome, awesome. Will. Absolutely. Hey, they say the heat's in the tools. So being a construction worker, working out in the elements, I know it's out in sunny L.A., it's always going to be nice and warm, and you're going to see the California girls out there doing their thing, everything like that. But the bottom line is Trevor Lane, a gentleman, coming on, talking Lakers with us. No final thoughts here, man. Just, uh, you know, what, what a time to be a Lakers fan right now if you're, if you're really hardcore into that because they are the defending champions. It's hard to go back-to-back, obviously. And with everything given given out, but the bottom line here is with with them, they are right there uh, in the thick of things to go out there and defend it. And Lakers, they're looking to go out there and and defend. And that's it. That's all I got to say on that, man. Trevor Trevor Lane, guys, say that and get used to that. <laughs> but uh, you know, Trevor Lane, one of a kind, great person. So. Thank you, Trevor, for sacrificing some time with us. And Will has, even though it's not on now, Will has a Lakers Asian shirt that he wore That's the right. first time that we had on Trevor. So, Will, definitely shout out to him. That Will, barely fits now. Oh, man. <laughs> that barely fits. So. I got you, pal. Got that seven years ago. So, nice. Got to gotta upgrade on the shirt set. <laughs> Will. No final thoughts for me. I think the Lakers are going to come out the West, but I'll save all of that talk for the NBA preview show, a three-part show. Right. Um, right. Well, part, that, three. part three. Part three, yeah. Part three that we have coming out. I'll save that. So for my wonderful co-host, William Trucci, a.k.a. C, who is east of me staying warm in the snow, and for our wonderful guest from Lakers Nation, Trevor Lane, I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic for On The Board Sports. We miss you all. We love you all. Peace out.